We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Daniel, do you know the concept of absolute zero? I don't mean the uh, the vodka. I mean, like, um, you know, the concept that there is a coldest possible temperature in the universe. Yeah, and I think that's super awesome. I love when there's something in physics that has an extreme to it, like beyond this point is impossible to go. Extreme physics. <laughs> I feel like we should have a heavy metal guitar sound there. Yeah. This podcast brought to you by Mountain Dew. Rush the physics, dude. But you know, I was asking because I was thinking about what is the opposite of absolute zero temperature? Like, is there a maximum temperature in the universe? The hottest thing ever or possible? Well, if there's a hottest thing ever, it's probably somewhere here in Southern California. Uh, but it's a fascinating concept. Like, is there a point where after you pump in more energy, it just doesn't get any hotter? It, uh, it's an incredible idea. Gets too hot to handle or to for the universe to handle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Or maybe, uh, you know, after you pump in too much energy, like it just blows up or it... Uh, crosses a singularity or restarts the universe and makes a glitch in the matrix or something. Well, at some point, wouldn't you hit some sort of, um, you know, light speed kind of maximum limit to the in the universe? Yeah, I think the physics police would pull you over and be like, what are you doing? Explain to us how this makes any sense. Um, you're, you're way too hot, happy. sir. <laughs> you're way too hot. You gotta, you gotta cool it down a little bit. <laughs> Leave a little room for the rest of us to be attractive. That's right, yeah. Too much sizzle, exactly. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, a part-time podcast host, and I've never created an online comic. But I did once write a book about all the things we don't know in the universe together with Jorge. And it's filled with his hilarious comics. It's called We Have No Idea. So you only podcast part-time, Daniel? That's right. Only 90 hours a week. That's a part-time schedule. I have this podcast <laughs> much... and I have 89 other podcasts I also do. I, I thought you were going to say that's how much editing this podcast needs <laughs> to get it down to 40 no, That's minutes. how much research is required to boil down all these incredible insights into just one hour of time. Well, welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. That's right. And in our podcast, we try to take some topic of general interest, a question people ask, something that everybody wants to know about the universe, and break it down in a way that actually makes sense to you and along the way, maybe gets you to laugh. Yeah. So today on the podcast, uh, we're doing part two in our unofficial informal series of universal extremes. That's right. We thought it'd be fun to take you out of your situation, to pull you out of your ordinary everyday life, or maybe you have a very exciting life, and think about the biggest, fastest, nastiest, hottest, wettest, craziest things in the universe. That's right. There's probably some skateboarders out there or some X-game athletes that are like, you know, my life is pretty extreme already, man. (laughs) They have no idea. There's somebody out there in the universe surfing on black holes and riding the shockwaves of supernovas, doing crazy tricks that nobody could ever imagine. Yeah, so a few weeks ago we did, what is the biggest thing in the universe? And today we are tackling the subject of... What is the hottest thing in the universe? Answer... You. You are the hottest thing in the universe, Jorge. That's right. Oh, uh, no, 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 not me, the person listening to this, right? <laughs> That's right. You, our listener, you are the hottest thing in the universe. Yeah. You look great there today. Uh, yeah, I don't need any flattery, but, you know, it'd be nice to um, bribe the audience a little bit. <laughs> That's right. Not that we're spying on you, not that we're stalking you on social media, but have you been losing weight? You look great. Yeah, totally. Super hot. But, you know, the universe is filled with all sorts of crazy stuff. Here on Earth, we have some temperature variations. But, you know, even inside our Earth, the temperatures get crazy hot. Crazy high numbers that are sort of hard to understand. And so we thought it'd be fun to take a tour of the universe and to think about all the hot places. Like, where in the universe does it get hot? Where in the universe is the craziest, hottest, nastiest furnace that you can imagine? That's right. And it's pretty cool to think, I think, about these extreme examples because it really kind of pushes your mind, right? It sort of expands your understanding and your awareness of how crazy things can get. Yeah, and I think you'll be pretty surprised by the answer. I don't think that uh, what physicists think is a hot place in the universe is the kind of thing that anybody would imagine. I was kind of surprised when I was doing some reading about this. Oh, wow, really? So the hottest thing in the universe is maybe the most unexpected. It's unexpectedly hot. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about how often in physics we have a term that we use to describe something, which is also a term in English. You know, like temperature is definitely something we're aware of, right? You know what hot and cold means. You touch things, they burn you or they they freeze you or something. But sometimes in physics we create technical definitions for things like temperature because we want to understand it, right? We want to describe it, like where does temperature come from? How does it work? What makes something hot? What makes something cold? Mm -hmm. But then this thing happens where... The technical definition we use in the scientific community deviates a little bit from like the familiar term that people use in their everyday life. And sometimes they can even come into conflict. Is this one of these terms where physicists um, 
So who, what, who came first? Really, the popular conception probably came first, right? Yeah, the concept of temperature is age old, right? People have been talking about, people have been dropping hot coals on their toes and, and screaming curse words in thousands of languages for thousands of years, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were studying heat and thinking about like, you know, what is heat and how does it transfer between things? And they had no idea, like, is it a flow? Is it a liquid? Is it this invisible, this thing or that thing? So the study of temperature is just a few hundred years old, but the experience of it, right, the knowledge of hot things and cold things, that's age old, right? Yeah. Well, let's get into the definition of temperature uh, in, in the episode. But first, we were wondering what people thought out there, all of you listening to this, what you guys thought was is the hottest thing in the universe. Yeah, I thought this would be interesting to see what people think about it. And I gave them some, a little bit of extra time on this question. I prodded them to think about it a little more deeply if they didn't seem like mm. they gave me a, an insightful answer right off. So I walked around really? the campus of UC Irvine and I asked people, what's the hottest thing in the universe? And, you know, here I was obviously digging for compliments but nobody said me, right? Nobody said you. Nobody, nobody, nobody uh, gave me a compliment on how I looked that day. Mm, maybe it's just what you were wearing. <laughs> if a, you had worn something else. It's sandals and shorts every day around here. So you, uh, so you walked around and asked people, what is the hottest thing in the universe? And um, generally, what, pe- what did people say? Right, well, uh, listen to their responses and you can tell. Uh, What's the hottest thing in the universe? The sun. Our sun? Mm-hmm. Like the center of it or the surface? Or... Uh... All right. So pretty much people said uh, the sun. A lot of people yeah. thought it was the sun. Yeah. Yeah, people thought it was the sun. And like, that's pretty good. Like the sun, definitely a big hot thing. So not a terrible answer, right? But I wanted people mm-hmm. to think a little more broadly. And sometimes I needle people and was like, oh, you know, how about the whole universe? But still people are like, okay, maybe a different sun, like another star. Um, a so hotter like, sun. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think we should be insulting our sun. I think our sun looks great. I don't want to do anything mm-hmm. to disturb it. You know, it's been operating yeah, steadily bright, for billions of years. Right, beautiful. You know, and it is sort of losing weight every day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Despite its brilliance. And, um, yeah. and people, I guess, generally feel like that must be so hot that any nothing could be hotter, right? Oh, I see. So you were prodding them to think bigger. Like the, most people said the sun, but then you would ask him like, no, I mean like the entire universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like think mm-hmm. for a minute, like is the sun really the hottest thing? Is, isn't there something else crazy? I like to think that if it was for me and somebody came and asked me about it and I'd done no thinking or no research or whatever, that I would say something like, I don't know, but there must be something hotter than the sun. 
because I have this feeling like there's always something crazy out there. There's always something out there that blows our minds or surprises us or is different or bigger or denser or nastier you know, or faster than we could ever imagine. You mean if somebody approaches you on the street, do you imagine that you will just say the, the most correct and clever cleverest thing possible? <laughs> no. No, I don't imagine I would have the answer. I think I would say, I don't know, but it must be hotter than the sun, right? Because I, right. I can't imagine that the thing that's in our neighborhood happens to be the hottest thing in the whole universe, which is just so crazy big. Oh, I see. You think that, um, I see. You think that uh, maybe they weren't thinking that there could be uh, something hotter than the sun. Yeah, that seems to be what people have. That, that seems to be the impression people have that the sun mm. is basically peak hotness. Well, maybe they didn't just they weren't they weren't just thinking that our sun is the hottest, but I think maybe they were thinking like this, the inside of a sun that it can't possibly get any hotter than that. Yeah, and you know they're not too, too far off. The sun is pretty dang hot, but it's like orders of magnitude colder than what we're going to talk about. Well, great. So maybe first, before we talk about like temperature and numbers and how hot things are, let's talk about what those numbers mean. So that when you hear like a really big number, you can understand like, what does that really mean about what's going on inside that thing? Like what really is right. temperature? Like, let me ask you, Jorge, how would mm. you define temperature? How would I define? Um, you know, I, I mean, I know the scientific answer, which is related to like kinetic energy. But, you know, I think on an everyday basis, it's just sort of like it's a feeling, you know, to me, I think it's a feeling whether I feel hot or whether I feel that something is hot. You know what I mean? Like it's to me, it's not an abstract number. It's more like a feeling and it could maybe be relative, like something if I feel hot and the person next to me doesn't feel hot, then that's the difference of opinion. Yeah. And our experience of temperature, you're right, is definitely relative, right? What you feel is actually, is the air or water around me hotter or colder than I am, right? We don't have an absolute right. sense of temperature. You can do that experiment where you put like what one finger in a hot cup of water and another finger in a cold cup of water and then put them both in a lukewarm cup of water and then your two fingers will send you two different messages. One will say, this lukewarm water is actually hot. And the other one will say, no, it's actually cold because what you're measuring is the relative temperature to your finger, right? Right, and also the the sense that you've adapted to it as well, right? Like you get used to certain temperatures and so and then they don't feel hot or they don't feel cold. That's right, yeah, like you jump in the pool, it feels cold for a moment and then your, you know, your skin temperature changes a little bit and you get used to it and then it doesn't feel cold anymore. So our experience yeah. of cold is mostly about relative temperatures, right? It's, it's actually about is heat being transferred to us or is heat leaving our body? Right. And so it's a very kind of um, uh, feeling-based kind of definition. But I know that there's an official physics definition of it, right? There is an official physics definition, but, you know, it's not really super well-defined. It's, it's a bit surprising. What? It's not something that's exactly mean? nailed down. Like, you can define temperature for an infinite number of particles mm -hmm. that have been sitting in a box for an infinite amount of time. And that's about it. Like everything else is like sort of rough and hand wavy. What do you mean? Well, temperature, the way they define it, is a measure basically of how much energy is being stored in a system of particles. But that, those particles have to be in equilibrium, meaning you can't like have hot spots and cold spots. It needs to have all washed out and all the, all the edges and unevenness needs to have smoothed out because temperature in a physics point of view, is the description of a distribution of the energy of particles in equilibrium after everything has sort of calmed down. Um, you said a lot of words there, Daniel. <laughs> 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 what you just said. I think what you're trying to say is it's, it's like an average temperature. 
The thing about temperature is that there are sort of two different ideas at play here, right? One is the quality of temperature. This is the feeling that you were talking about, the experience we have, right? Which is really more about like the transfer of heat between hotter things and colder things. That's what we're experiencing. And that's also what thermometers are measuring, right? A thermometer gets into equilibrium with the thing it's measuring. The heat transfers from it to the thermometer. But then scientists spend a lot of time trying to understand like how does that arise? What is the microscope? property of something, how does that property change when things get hot or cold, right? What is going on inside this stuff when it gets hot or cold? How can we define temperature theoretically and understand it rather than just measuring it, right? That's what physicists want to do. Mm -hmm. So they came up with a way to define temperature, actually two different ways at least. One way is related to like the mean energy of the particles, right? And the other is the relationship between the energy of a system and its entropy, okay? So it gets kind of technical, but the the thing to understand about these definitions are you can't actually measure these theoretical quantities directly and exactly, right? You can't go in and measure the energy of particles individually. Right. What you can do is measure the heat flow using thermometers, right? So these theoretical things are connected to what we measure, but they're not exactly the same thing. And the other thing is that these theoretical concepts, they only really make sense for a system of particles in equilibrium because they're statistical concepts. So what that means is that the theoretical definition can deviate from our intuitive experience of temperature. Some things, if they're, like, if they're not in equilibrium or they don't have enough particles to, to be called like a system, they don't even really have a well-defined temperature or one that can be actually measured or practically measured. What do you mean? What doesn't have a temperature? Well, for example, one particle. Like a single particle doesn't have a temperature. Like what's the temperature of a single particle? It's not defined from, for, a, for physics temperature, right? There's like, you know, person temperature, the tem- kind of temperature you and I talk about when we get into a pool. But mm-hmm. when, we're not, when we're talking about temperature from like a physics point of view, a single particle doesn't have a temperature because it's a property of a system. Right, but what if your system only has one particle? Then it doesn't have a well-defined temperature. What do you mean? What if uh, there's this uh, cube in space mm-hmm. that only has one particle? You, you can't mm-hmm. say that that cube has a temperature. You can't. That's right. And it's even weirder situations that you can't say have a temperature. Like, say you have a Wait, cube. Wait, what about space. two particles? How many <laughs> particles do you need to have a temperature? That's not even well defined. Technically, you need an infinite number because you need to be in total thermal equilibrium. That's the thing. Temperature is only well defined for things in thermal equilibrium, which means there's no hot spots and no cold spots. Everything is sort of evened out, right? You had an infinite amount of time for all the hot and the cold to wash out. Right. So you're saying nothing, technically nothing can have a temperature because nothing can be uh, have infinite particles. Yeah, but, you know, like a drop of water has 10 to the 23 or so particles in it or 10 to the 21 mm-hmm. particles in it. That's a good approximation of infinity. And so, yes, mm-hmm. you can talk about the temperature of a drop of water. You know, it's an excellent approximation of infinity. One particle, no. Two particles, no. Five particles, no. How many particles do you need before you can call a temperature? That's not even well-defined. Mm. And then also, how much do you have to wait until you can claim that there's, it's in equilibrium, right? That's right. So for people to, who don't know what I mean when I say equilibrium, take, for example, say you have like a bag of gas, and that gas is at like 10 degrees. You have another bag of gas that's at like, I don't know, 90 degrees or something. Now, those are both in equilibrium. They have temperatures, right? Say you put them together into a, another bag, right? What's the temperature of that new gas, what you might say, I don't know, the average of 10 and 90, well, that's 50, right? But Mm -hmm. until those wash out and all the smooshes around, physicists say there is no temperature. Like, you just can't define it. 
So that's frustrating, right? Because it conf- it like gets in your mind. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. And you're right because you're using like the temperature that you think about in English, right? Temperature is a word in English. We have defined this other thing, you know, call it physics temperature, which is very closely related to English temperature, right? But it's not exactly the same thing. And later on, I'll give you an example of something which physics says is super duper hot. It has a huge high temperature value. But if we dropped you in it, you would freeze. Hmm. There is no true temperature, technically. But, you know, we, we can't work with ideals, so we kind of approximate it. That's right. Exactly. And okay. for anything more than, you know, a billion particles, it's not a big deal. It works fine. Um, mm-hmm. But for if you want to talk about one particle, two particles, three particles, there isn't really a definition of temperature. Man, I feel like the whole, this whole episode could have just been like, hey, what is temperature? And we <laughs> exactly. could, have, we could spend an hour talking about this. I know, that's a pretty hot rabbit hole. Yeah, it's a hot topic. <laughs> but um, so, so you're saying it's the mean energy, but I've heard it's the mean kinetic energy. What's the difference? Well, kinetic energy applies to speed, right? How fast are these particles zipping around? And it makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense intuitively when you think about an object like in a solid, things are colder and things are, they're not moving around as much. Maybe they're even trapped in a lattice. In a liquid, things are moving around more, which allows a liquid to flow. In a gas, mm. things are zipping around really fast, right? So it's related to the speed. But particles can store energy in other ways. It just don't, they don't just have to move quickly. They can also like spin or, you know, they can vibrate if they have complex chemical bonds, etc. Mm-hmm. So they can store energy in other ways. So really temperature is related to all the ways a particle can store energy. Though speed is a great one. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and it makes perfect intuitive sense. And so as you're thinking about these things being hot or cold, you know, think about them wiggling more, right? Like the way temperature arises, the, the reason things are hot is that the particles in them are wiggling more. And that's also like why you get burned, you know? You get burned because you touch something hot. Those particles are wiggling a lot, so they're bouncing off your finger and depositing a lot of energy, which is why your temperature heats up, right? It wiggles the particles in your finger. That's how heat is transferred, right? Mm, okay, cool. All right, so that's a, that's a definition of temperature. It only took us 20 minutes to get here. <laughs> I know these things sometimes are surprisingly subtle. Yeah. But, so let's get into then now the universe, and let's talk about like the coldest thing and the hottest thing. But first, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. 
Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're talking about the hottest thing in the universe. And so let's take a tour of hotness in the universe. I feel like we're back in the 90s. Remember that website, Are You Hot or Not? <laughs> I think that website, even mentioning that website is sexual harassment for all of our listeners. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, the um, 90s were pretty uh, fraught with uh, <laughs> bad ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people made some bad choices in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I do remember that website. Not that I ever participated and I didn't objectify anybody on the internet, but I did hear about that website from people. Oh, I see. You only heard about it. Got it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's start with that in in the, on Earth. What are some of the hot, hottest things on Earth? Right. Well, first of all, let's clarify what we're talking about. Let's do everything in Celsius, right? So, for those listeners in the U.S., you have to oh, man. get calibrated. Remember, let's zero spend twenty minutes Celsius. talking about Celsius versus Fahrenheit. <laughs> no, we're not going to debate <laughs> it. We're just going for Celsius um, for the for the uh, world listeners. Um, zero degrees Celsius is the temperature at which uh, water freezes, right? And a hundred mm. degrees, of course, is where water boils. And right. you know, somewhere in the middle is you and me. Like our body is about thirty-seven degrees Celsius. Right. And you can get have things colder than zero Celsius, right? That's right. Absolutely. You can get down to like negative 273 degrees. That's absolute zero. Right. And that's where the, the particles, the molecules, the things in your thing have no kinetic energy. The things in your thing. Is that a Dr. Seuss book about physics? Yeah. The things in your things. The, <laughs> the, the universal things in your universe. Oh, the things that will wiggle in your things. Yes, um, exactly. Absolute zero is when the things are doing no more wiggling, right? They're just right. totally zero. at rest. There's no kinetic energy. Yeah, No exactly. kinetic energy. You have mass, you can have energy stored in the particles and atoms, but it's just not moving. That's right, exactly. It's at absolute okay. zero. So that's negative 273 degrees C. And then zero is ice. 37 mm -hmm. degrees C is the human body. And then the hottest person ever is 46.5 degrees C. That's like the hottest anybody ever got um, with a fever. Wait, that, that's recorded in the history books? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. What happens that's if you hot. get hotter than 46.5? Well, I think your brain cooks. 
and you turn into uh, somebody's meal, you know, like I don't think your brain can really survive much more than that. But this is not a biology podcast or a cannibalism mm, podcast. Right. Um, so um, so that's the hottest fever ever, anyone has ever gotten mm-hmm. <laughs> and survived, I think, is the, the caveat. <laughs> and, and survived, exactly, yes. Right. Um, and then the hottest place on earth, you know, I think there's a, there's a tight race here because Death Valley, I got to give my props to Southern California, Death Valley is one of the hottest places on earth, but it's just edged out by this desert in Iran called the Lut Desert, and it reached 71 degrees Celsius, which is really smoking hot. Mm. That's the temperature you would feel if you were standing in this desert. Exactly. And that is the hottest temperature ever recorded on the surface of the Earth. Hmm. Is that the hottest air temperature? Do you know what I mean? Because there's definitely hotter things on Earth. Like my frying pan is hotter than that. But you're saying like (laughs) uh, if I just put a thermometer and hold it up in the air, not touching anything (laughs) or, you know, not, not touching any stove, that's the hottest place you would feel on Earth. Yeah, no, I think I'm, uh, I'm composing an email right now to the Guinness Book of World Records to consider your frying pan to be the hottest mm-hmm. place on Earth. Um, yeah. No, you're right. We do create things on Earth that are hotter, but the hottest naturally occurring air temperature. Man, I didn't air realize there's so many caveats just to like how to define the hottest place on Earth. Yeah. So it's air temperature, hottest air temperature yes. on Earth, uh, barring any sort of like standing next to wildfire. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Right. Um, it's 71 degrees C. And you might think, well, that's pretty hot, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, it gets hotter like even on the moon. Um, the, on the moon, the, the, average, the average daytime temperature on the moon is 101 degrees C. Mm. I'm just nodding along because I'm used to Fahrenheit, so I'm going to take your word that that's pretty hot. <laughs> that's the boiling point of water, dude. Like, you put water on the moon, like, it just boils. Mm. It's crazy, right? Well, it just it it would boil. Um, it would boil anyway because there's no atmosphere. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that's not surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, On Earth, at our regular air pressure, a hundred is when water would boil. Yes, exactly. So okay. you know, two hundred twelve degrees Fahrenheit. That's a pretty hot temperature for the surface of the Moon. Um, and then here's this is one of my favorite ones: the hottest temperature ever survived by a living thing. That's mm-hmm. 151 degrees Celsius, right? That's wow. crazy hot. Yeah, that's like much hotter than the boiling point of water. That means that whatever this thing is, like, it, uh, it really got fried. And that's, of course, our friend, the tardigrade. These crazy right. little water bears that can survive, like, outer space and being frozen. They're like the hardiest thing on Earth. Right, they're tiny little microscopic uh, bugs, right? Yeah, exactly. And you sh- if you've never heard of a tardigrade, you should Google them. They're incredible. Yeah, scary looking, though. <laughs> I think they look friendly. I'd like to have dinner with a tardigrade. Oh, really? If you made a life-size tardigrade, you wouldn't run the other way immediately. <laughs> they look like a big snuggle. I mean, they're uh, soft. Right, look yeah. like a big pillow. I would jump onto a tardigrade and treat it like a beanbag. All right. Yeah. So that, that can, that's the hot, they can survive 150 degrees Celsius. Yeah. That's the, mm-hmm. the hottest temperature ever survived by a living thing. That's a pretty impressive record. Right. So you could put this in boiling water and put it in boiling water, under pressure, and it would still survive. That's right, exactly. Um, but then, leaving the surface of the Earth, the hottest spot of the hottest naturally occurring spot in the solar system is the surface of Venus, which is four hundred and sixty degrees Celsius. And that's because Venus has such a thick cloud layer; it's basically, basically climate change gone crazy. All the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere means it's a huge blanket and just soaks up the sun. That's why Venus is hotter than Mercury because it just holds on to the. Uh, onto the sun's energy and cooks and cooks and cooks. Mm, cool. And that's uh, in outer space. So um, 
Well, it's on the surface of Venus. Right. That's like the air temperature if you were standing on Venus. That's right. If you weren't cooking eggs, but you were just holding up a thermometer on the surface of Venus, that's what you would measure. Right. Okay. Got it. But then if you, um, you know, went to the sun, like a lot of people said, okay, the sun is the hottest thing, right? Well, it's true. The sun is really hot. If you jump to the surface of the sun, then it gets up to like 5,500 degrees Celsius. Wow. That's, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's really hot. But, you know, there are places here in the earth that are even hotter than the surface of the sun. Like we talked once in a podcast episode about how the center of the earth is this crazy liquid iron, right? Well, the center Mm -hmm. of the earth is 6,000 degrees um, Celsius. So that's hotter than the surface of the sun. So the molecules at the center of the earth are moving faster than the molecules in the on the surface of the sun. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But the sun is a huge variation. Like the surface of the sun is pretty hot, but the, mm-hmm. um, the corona, like the atmosphere around the sun is even hotter. Hotter than the surface. Yeah, it's weird. Hot, uh, on the surface, it's 5,500 degrees Celsius, but the mm-hmm. atmosphere of the sun, the corona, is a million degrees Celsius. Just because things are moving faster, you know, they're just more chaotic. Yeah, you know, I don't even think it's that well understood. Like, the dynamics of the sun and how that all works is something that we're still really studying. In fact, they're sending a probe right now to go, like, orbit the sun and try to make a bunch of measurements because the sun is a pretty big mystery. It has this crazy magnetic field we don't understand and, uh, you know, these crazy flares, and it's a pretty big deal. So people are trying to understand the sun. We should do a whole podcast episode about mysteries of the sun. Wow. So if you grew up in the Earth's core and then went to visit the surface of the sun, you'd be like, oh, man, this is like minus 500 degrees Celsius cold. (laughs) That's right. You have to pack a jacket. Yeah. But first you'd have to get through the sun's atmosphere at a million degrees Celsius, so that'd be pretty tough. Oh, I see. Really? It goes from a million degrees to 5,000 degrees. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, how can those two things coexist anywhere near each other? It uh, doesn't really make sense. But I think a lot of that is because the sun is expelling all this energy, right? And so the the gas in the corona gets heated up. But also, I think there's there's something going on here about the definition of temperature, right? The sun's corona is not as dense as the surface of the sun. And some of these things that are really hot are not actually very dense. Yeah, that's kind of what I was um, alluding to earlier, right? Like you can, if you take the temperature of something that doesn't have a lot of particles or molecules in it, it can still have a temperature. It just wouldn't have a lot of things in it. Yeah, so we can have a high temperature without having a lot of heat, right? Like there's not a lot of heat to deposit on you. If you put yourself in a box with a very dilute gas that's really, really hot, but there's not that much gas in there, right, then it's mm-hmm. not going to cook you because there's not that much energy being deposited on your body. For the energy deposited on your body, the particles have to hit you and transfer their energy. But if there's not that many particles, there's not that much to do the cooking. Oh, I see. But so wait, when you say temperature is the average kinetic energy... What do you take the average of? Like particles? Do you, you, know, you take the total energy and you divide by the number of particles? What does it mean to take the average? Yeah, it's, it's a property of the distribution, actually. So yeah, what we're looking for is the mean of that distribution. Yeah, but uh, you know, that's a dangerous... We could, we could go down that rabbit hole, the definition of temperature for another 20 minutes, so be careful. <laughs> well, I'm still confused. I know, it's tricky, it's tricky. Um, but let's keep going. Um, mm-hmm. Then you come back to on Earth, right? And it turns out that we can generate things on Earth that are even hotter than the corona of the sun. For example, um, when we still use to test nuclear bombs, like on the surface of the Earth, at the core of a nuclear explosion, you get up to like 10 to 50 million degrees Celsius, right? These are crazy high numbers that are hard to even think about. 
Okay, so that means that the, the molecules at the center of the nuclear explosion are moving super-duper-duper-duper fast. Yeah, exactly. Super-duper-duper fast. And that mm. number, 50 million degrees Celsius, you know, that's comparable to like really hot astronomical stuff. You know, like, for example, when a supernova happens, right, a star goes, goes nova, it explodes. Well, that's a similar temperature. Like it's 50 million degrees Celsius um, in the gas that's expelled by the supernova. Right. Wow. That's when a star collapses, right? That's right. The star collapses and then explodes. Um, and, you know, what's left is like a little neutron star or a black hole in the center. And the rest is all this gas that's ex- that's spelled out, that's uh, spewed wow. out. And that's a 50 million degrees Celsius. Okay, cool. This surprised me a little bit. It turns out that like supernovas are not even the hottest thing out there in space. Even though they're hotter, wow. you know, than our sun and they're hotter than nuclear, nuclear bombs going off. The right. hottest thing that's out there in space is stuff like the intercluster medium. That's just like Mm. all this gas that's between galaxies. You know how galaxies have a huge amount of gas in them, make stars, etc. But between the galaxies, it's not totally empty. We did a whole podcast episode about like how empty is space. And then there's these tendrils of gas that connect the galaxies together. And they're Mm -hmm. pretty thin. It's like not a whole lot of stuff out there. You need like um, a thousand cubic meters of space just to have one particle. But they are really, really hot. Like those particles are really moving. And the right. temperature number number you get is 100 million degrees Celsius. Wow. Are they all moving in one direction, you know, like a wind? Or are they just sitting in place vibrating really fast? I think there are currents. Uh, because the reason that this stuff is hot is that they're getting heated, right? They're getting heated by like the um, black holes at the centers of these galaxies that are pushing on them and the crazy mm-hmm. like, you know, rubbing of, of huge clouds of gas that's spewing stuff out. So I think they're getting, the source is the galaxies. So probably they're all spewing away from the galaxies. But there probably are currents as these galaxies spin and things hit each other. It's probably really complicated. Oh, so it's actually kind of in the empty spaces between galaxies that we see some of the hottest stuff in the universe. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. It's It seems empty. And if you went out there and like looked for particles, you wouldn't find very many. But right. if you ask well, a physicist... You would get burned to a crisp, is what you're you saying. Would not, you would not get burned to a crisp because there are hardly any particles out there. And you can ask a physicist like, hey, what's the temperature out here? And they'd be like, hmm, it's 100 million degrees Celsius. But if you got dropped there without a spacesuit, you would not get burned. You would freeze. I see. There, there are a lot of hot pins out there in that space. Exactly. But they, exactly. if you stood there, you wouldn't. You would hardly feel them. Exactly. But they, they're there they, and they they're would, really hot. Yeah. They wouldn't. You wouldn't get hit by enough of them to keep you warm, right? You would lose. You would radiate out all your heat into the pretty empty space and freeze into a block, a block of ice, right? And you wouldn't mm. get warmed up by the hundred million degrees Celsius plasma that surrounds you because there's right. hardly any particles hitting, hitting you. I see, but the average speed of those few that are there is a lot. There yes, just wouldn't exactly. there just wouldn't be enough to really burn you or feel them. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. All right. So let's zoom back to Earth because it turns out that mm. here on Earth we've created some pretty crazy hot stuff, and that's not just your frying pan. But when we collide particles at the Large Hadron Collider, we mm-hmm. very briefly create a situation where the particles have a huge amount of energy. Okay. Uh, but again, it's not about energy. You're saying you create a situation where the particles are moving really, really, really fast. Yeah, the particles are moving really, really, really fast. But you don't really consider the temperature of a particle, right? So if you say, like, what's the temperature of a proton zooming around the Large Hadron Collider? We can't talk about the temperature of one particle. But 
Sometimes in the Large Hadron Collider, we don't just collide protons. We take big stuff like the nucleus of a gold atom or a lead mm-hmm. atom, and we smash those together. And the reason is that they're trying to break up the matter and create this, this condition that they think existed in the early universe. It's called a quark-gluon plasma. It's when you break the proton up, and the quarks and the gluons have so much energy that they're not bound anymore. They're just like floating around free. So you smash enough particles together. So, you know, lead and, and, uh, and gold atoms have hundreds of protons and neutrons in them. Then very briefly, you create this thing which they think is in equilibrium. So you can define the temperature. It's like, you know, bounced around for a few, you know, milliseconds. And this thing they say gets to five and a half trillion degrees Celsius. Trillion with a T. Trillion with a T, exactly. Like that's a big number. Well, let's get into now the hottest, the absolute champion, most hot thing in the universe. But first, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. All right, Daniel. Here we go. Here's the answer to the question that we posed at the beginning. The hottest things in the universe. The absolute extreme 
most hot things in the universe. <laughs> exactly. And here I think we got to give some credit to the scientists for coming up with names. Because, you know, on this podcast, we're always um, poking fun at scientists for naming things in a silly way. I think they did a great job here because the maximum temperature in the universe, the condition of something being at the absolute maximum temperature, they call it mm -hmm. absolute hot, which I think is pretty cool. Mm. You mean, wait, you're saying that there is an a maximum temperature in the universe. That's right. There is a maximum temperature and it's a crazy number and it's kind of a hard thing to think about. Like, why would there be a maximum temperature? You might think you can give an infinite amount of energy to a particle and that's true, right? Like, you take a single particle, you can dump mm -hmm. as much energy as you want into it. You know, there's the right. speed of light issue, but we're not talking just about speed. We're talking about the energy of the particle. There's no limit to how much energy you can give a particle. Right. But... Now we're talking about a system of particles. So we're talking about energy density. What happens when a bunch of particles have a huge amount of energy? Well, gravity, right? Gravity, remember, bends space. And it bends space when you have particles with mass, but also it bends space when you have energy density. All right? Mm -hmm. Gravity is not just something that responds to mass. It responds to energy. So what happens if you pour too much energy into a little blob of space? Black hole. What? Yes, black hole, right? There's a maximum amount of energy you can have in a certain, in a volume of space. More energy than that turns into a black hole. So you can't heat something up past that. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. So the, I mean, I would think that the maximum temperature in the possible, theoretically, is when you have a box of particles and every particle in it is moving pretty much at the speed of light. Because, you know, temperature, we said before, is related to how fast things are moving. So what if every particle was moving at close to the speed of light. You're saying that's not possible or we wouldn't even get there. That's possible. It's just not even that very hot because remember the spe speed is not the limitation, right? Like you can get particles up to the speed of light without even having that much energy. Okay, and, and not mm -hmm. at to the speed of light, just like close to the speed of light. But remember, as you dump more energy into these particles, their speed doesn't go up very much. That's why temperature is not just the speed of the particles, it's their energy. Remember, relativity mm -hmm. separates speed and energy. And there's no limit to how much energy you can put into an individual particle. So you have your box, you mm -hmm. can keep pumping energy into those particles. Their speed doesn't go up very much, but their energy increases. But you keep doing it, eventually your box turns into a black hole. Oh, at what point does it turn into a black hole? Are you ready for the number? All right, go for it. Hit, Here it hit is. me. Here's absolute hot is a billion, trillion, trillion degrees Celsius. Billion, trillion, trillion degrees. Is there a name for that? or? It's called absolute hot. Or more technically, it's called the Planck temperature. Oh. But wait, is it a billion, trillion, trillion degrees? Or is it, you know, 2.73 or 4? It's just a, a round number. Oh, no, it's not exactly a billion, trillion, trillion degrees. But uh, the number, if you want to know the exact value, is... 1.416 times 10 to the 32 kelvins. All right. That's like 142 million yada kelvins or 142 million quadrillion degrees kelvin. It's pretty hot. It's a, it's a lot of a yada. It's a, it's a lot of yada. A yada lot. Exactly. It's a lot of yada. Exactly. And then okay. you might ask, like, well, you know, is that possible? Like, has that ever existed in the universe? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't think it's happening right now. There's nowhere in the universe that's absolute hot right now. Um, but we think that just after the Big Bang, like, you know, this, this crazy moment when the universe was inflating, right, when it expanded really, really rapidly, we think that just before that, that the universe was at the Planck temperature and that... Uh, you know, that's the absolute hottest moment in the history of the universe. Oh, 
But you know, there's a lot of hand-waving there because we really don't understand what happened during the Big Bang and why did it cause inflation and not just all collapse into a black hole anyway. Right. So there's a lot of questions about that. Okay, but there is, so the, the main point is that there is an absolute. Like if I take a, if I heat something in my frying pan forever, at some point it's going to get super <laughs> hot and at some point it's, it's just going to turn into a black hole. And it can't get any hotter or what? You cannot create a black hole on your stovetop, Jorge, I'm sorry. No matter how long you cook that bacon, it'll get black, it'll turn into charcoal, not a black mm -hmm. hole. But if you had like laser beams and all sorts of stuff and you could like pour energy into a tiny area, then right. in principle you could create a black hole, yes. Well, how do, first of all, how do you know I don't have lasers in my kitchen? <laughs> Already. You're an impressive chef, and you're right. I shouldn't have ruled anything out. I, I issue a formal That's apology. Right. Um, but the, I mean, basically, if you heat something up long enough and you put enough energy into it, at some point you're saying it's going to turn into a black hole and then it can't get any hotter? Or what happens then? We don't know what happens then, right? Because then it turns into like quantum gravity questions and we just don't even have a theory. So we don't, I mean, we don't know what's happening inside a black hole. Uh, if you mm -hmm. pour energy into a black hole, we don't know what happens. Um, basically, it's a huge question mark. So it's sort of a breakdown of the mm. definition of temperature. Like stuff definitely happens. Things get crazier. The universe gets weirder. But right. it's not according to our definition of temperature. Does that The number we define as temperature doesn't go up anymore. Huh. So maybe calling it absolute hot is a little premature. <laughs> right? Because really you just called, mean what like... What we have called it super duper crazy hot? Yeah, or like super duper, I don't know what happens after this hot. <laughs> is really sort of more accurate, yeah. right? We should have called it Jorge's frying pan hot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jorge's black bacon hot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, um, so that's a lot. Um, it's a and lot. you're it's saying that happened at the beginning of the universe, right? Like, it, So the hottest thing in the universe ever is the Big Bang. Just, Once again, just, that's yeah, the exactly. answer for everything. The hottest thing in the universe is the Big Bang, yes, as far as we know. Mm. Okay, but that happened a while ago. But if we looked at the universe now, what what would you say is the hottest thing? Well, the hottest thing recently is this quark gluon plasma we created the, at the Large Hadron Collider, right? That's 5.5 trillion degrees Celsius. That's hotter than we think, you know, most things in the universe. Um, otherwise, like the inside of a neutron star, we think is about 100 trillion degrees Celsius. And that's probably mm -hmm. the otherwise hottest thing in the universe, like on a day-to-day -day basis. Because, you know, at the Large Hadron Collider, these things exist for 10 to the minus 23 seconds. So they don't really stick around very long. But the inside of a neutron right. star is super hot and very stable at 100 trillion degrees Celsius. Wow. A cool and chilly 100 trillion Celsius, <laughs> which is what, like 50 Fahrenheit? Or how much is that? <laughs> I've, yeah, I have no concept. Like <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't pack any jackets. I don't think you'll need them. Because <laughs> you won't be alive. <laughs> That's right. Okay, cool. So, okay, so that's the hottest thing in the universe. It's the Big Bang uh, ever, and it's it, the inside of a neutron star out there, possibly right now. That's right. That is the hottest place in the universe right now. All right. Well, stay tuned for future episodes in our extreme physics series we'll be tackling also the brightest thing in the universe and maybe also the densest thing in the universe we should also tackle like the funniest thing in the universe <laughs> that's obvious that's this podcast like done <laughs> yeah done yeah <laughs> but cool. speaking of funny things yeah i have a request for you from a listener all right we have a listener in new zealand who's a huge fan of limericks 
and often tells physics limericks to his class of 10 and 11-year-olds where he teaches in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Well, I said a limerick uh, in our podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about tachyons, and uh, he noticed that you didn't laugh at my limerick. Mm. So he sent me a, a different physics limerick to see if we could make you chuckle. All right. So here you go. You ready? All right. Right. All right. Hit me. There was a physicist called Joe who wanted the whole world to know that those stars that we say are far, far away are actually long, long ago. Nice. That's cute. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Thank you. I thought you were going to ra- ra- rhyme with say with Jorge. I thought it was somehow <laughs> related to me. No. Um, well, let's ask our, um, our listener to send in one tailored for you. But that's from <laughs> Isaac Garmay from Coromandel, New Zealand. So thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Great. And if you have any other limericks or ideas or questions for us, maybe a banana-related limerick for Jorge, send them in to feedback at danielandjorge.com. We love your emails. Great. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. Tune in next time. You hot person, you. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.